It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey, everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I'm your host, Jay Shear. Man, I am super excited today. We've got a fantastic guest in the studio. My guest is certainly no stranger to this community or this radio station, for that matter. He's a father to five, a husband, an award-winning journalist, a radio show host, a writer who earned a Master of Fine Arts degree in creative nonfiction. And three months ago, he and his wife, Haley, purchased the Palm Coast and Ormond Beach Observer, a paper he was an editor for 12 years before leaving last year. Please welcome my guest, Brian McMillan. Brian, it is great to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Well, I am very much looking forward to our conversation today. So I thought a good starting point for us would be for you to share with all of us what your favorite thing is about yourself and why. My favorite thing about myself. Wow. Um, Well, I guess I would say that I think uh, a characteristic that I have that I try to sort of foster is uh, empathy. Um, I think that's, you know, one of the most important things to try to see things from other people's point of view and, um, care for other people. So that's what I strive to do anyway. Excellent. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I love it. I think that's a great thing to, to have. And I just know in the conversations that we've had and also the way that you, explore stories and the way that you write that definitely seems to come out in not only your your persona but also in the way that you write so i can definitely see that thank you very much actually it's kind of interesting because i mean a lot of the that that quality that i admire in other people also that empathy is i think it's based on faith you know but it's also a lot of it is um has to do with creative writing like you're talking about i mean i I think that art is kind of uh, a vehicle for helping to understand somebody else you know you understand the artist why they did that you understand the the subject of the art um and creative writing is a big part of that to try to write a fictional character the whole exercise is trying to be inside someone else's mind and make it realistic and and as as like an author of a story you, you you're not trying to to judge that character. You know, you're trying to make that person come to life and, and to respect your character is kind of a, a, uh, an important part of writing fiction, I think. And so, yeah, it's kind of, uh, that, that's always to me, I feel like I'm secretly, you know, a, a creative writer first and everything else, you know, in the world comes second in, in some ways, but well, let's, let's tug on yeah. that a, a, a bit because, you know, obviously you, you went to get your, your master of fine arts mm-hmm. in, creative nonfiction. So how much nonfiction creative writing do you do today? Is that a regular practice of yours? Well, really, that's what I see my my column as. I mean, every two weeks, I write a uh, little story about my family and, you know, try to, um, my goal is to make it funny, but also heartwarming, you know, in some way. And I think that's what parenting is kind of all about. Um and so the the whole goal is to try to to paint a scene to have like my say my child my five year old child Luke come to life as a character in a sense 
and try to, you know, explore like what do these little daily things mean? Um, that's what creative nonfiction writing is all about. You know, you're kind of attempting to um, make sense of the world. And that's what an essay is, is trying to, an attempt to, to make sense of things. So uh, I, I think that's really what, what it's all about. I haven't done a whole lot of creative or a whole lot of creative writing um, for the past like, you know, year or so, honestly, besides that. Um, although sometimes I write a few lines of poetry and fragments of things, but. Well, I actually checked out a, a blog that you have. Mm -hmm. And so I read some of your, your work, some of your creative writing, poetry and the, and the like, and, Mm -hmm. and I, I would definitely look to continue to explore that Mm -hmm. because I think it's, uh, you know, certainly an area that you're gifted at and can continue to, to expand on, on that talent. So let's, let's wind the clock back a little bit. I'd love to talk a bit about your, your backstory and really what brought you to this area? So where, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Connecticut, went to high school there. Um, I served a two year mission for my church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Kentucky. I went to undergrad at Brigham Young university in Utah. I met my wife there. Um, and after I was done, uh, or I was, as I was kind of winding down there, I realized I did not want to go to law school after all, which is what I was planning on. And I decided to try journalism instead. Um, got a job at a little community newspaper in Florida called the East County Observer in Manatee County, Bradenton. And um, after a couple of years there, I, I, you know, I've always kind of had this tug of creative writing and I decided to try to get that MFA that like you mentioned, Master of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction Writing. So my family moved up to the Upper Peninsula. There's 200 inches of snow a year up there. It's on the coast of Lake Superior. It's beautiful but frigid. Um, but, you know, incredible place. Uh, great memories. We had a, you know, wood stove in the in the family room. You know, it was, it was great experience. But then um, I was kind of, again, torn. Like, do I try to get a job in academia, try to teach uh, writing classes? And that's what I was doing while I was at grad school. And got a job at a community college for a few months uh, while I was kind of figuring out what I could do next. And then I got a call from Matt Walsh, the CEO of the Observer Media Group, who had kind of ushered me into that first job in East County Observer in part. And um, he said, we're starting another newspaper in Palm Coast. Do you want to come and be the first managing editor of this brand new newspaper? And that was in, we, so we started it in 2010, family moved down there in February of 2010. We started the first edition and, um, you know, it's, it's news. The news has always been a big passion of mine. Also, you know, when I was little, I would read the newspaper and, um, I drew caricatures of George HW, George HW Bush, um, in the, uh, um, and on the sketch pad that I had when I was like 12 years old in the, during, um, the debates on TV and, you know, just little things like that. Now that I'm here, I look back and see like, you know, that was always kind of an interest of mine. Um, you know, read the New York times a lot in college. And, uh, so going back into the newspaper world was of interest to me. I actually, uh, called one of my professors from Northern Michigan university before I took the job and asked him like, what do you think? Do I, try to keep chasing this book writing life and this academic life or do this newspaper 
world. It seemed it was a big fork in the road for me. And I and and he said the type of writing that you want to do, it would help you to go be in the newspaper and have a quote unquote real job outside of academia um, because you're going to experience things that are going to fuel your creative writing interests. And um, I thought that was pretty, pretty wise. I mean, who knows what I'm, I mean, I'm 43. So who knows what the next 40 to 50 years <laughs> or so are going to hold. I, I definitely imagine taking up creative writing more seriously again, as I go um, along the, but challenging to find time as a new business owner i'm finding yes it most definitely <laughs> is especially what you and your wife is, have decided to to do and which which we'll talk about here in a moment but i i, I want to stay back in time for just a bit mm-hmm. so as you were when you were growing up it sounds like you were a curious child you know, you're mm-hmm. you're reading. You're trying to understand what's going on in the world. Interested in in politics and in reading the paper and so forth. What type of conversations were you having around the dinner table? Were, were they challenge challenging conversations around what's happening in the world? And give us a little sense of what that was like yeah. growing up in the McMillan family. Yeah. Well, I was number two out of six kids. Um, we were pretty busy. I remember at one point there were five different little league teams that six of us were on. So I don't know how my parents did that exactly. Um, I, I my my dad has always been someone who keeps up with with local with uh with politics. Um, you know, he subscribed to the National Review, and I would sometimes read that. You know, um, and uh, we got the Hartford Current at you know, when I was living in Connecticut, the thing that I remember the most though, honestly, is that in our dining room, we had a huge world map on the wall. (laughs) Okay. Actually, actually, no, it was a map of Europe. I have no idea why that was in our dining room. Um, It seems like an odd thing. We don't have connections to Europe. I mean, yeah, going back generations that we have European ancestors, but, but this, you know, I, I just, I would sit across from this map eating my cold cereal, you know, as a, as a younger person, I lived there from when I was nine to about 18. So somewhere in there eating my, my cold cereal for breakfast and looking up at this map, you know, and just, I don't know, you just sort of imagine people having totally different lives from what you have. And, you know, thinking about how familiar all these different places on the map are to those people who live there. And it just kind of, I don't know, it was an interesting kind of, uh, place to explore in your imagination like what the world is like outside there even though I didn't really know anything about it but that, that is something that seems kind of odd to me looking back that that was our sort of quote-unquote artwork on the wall in in the uh, in the dining room <laughs> I, I love that so so mom and dad McMillan when you are listening to this episode if you could please call Brian after the fact and and explain to him explain why him. why did we do that why was there a, a, a map of Europe <laughs> <laughs> on the wall in the in the family room there, but it did give me a. I, I won a geography B, and the answer was the Straits of Gibraltar, 
And I would never have won that geography B without that. So I owe that to my parents. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> so it did serve its purpose. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So what is, what is one of the most valuable lessons as you think back, one of the most valuable lessons that you learned from your mom, Karen? Hmm. Well, she is known in our family for saying two different things. Drink more water, which is very simple, like just a practical daily, you know, uh, take care of your health. I mean, really, when you think about it, drinking more water does actually solve a whole lot of health problems. And the other thing that she always said was read the Book of Mormon. And the Book of Mormon, people don't know about it. It's an ancient book of scripture from the ancient Americas, translated by the power of God by Joseph Smith in 1830-ish. Um, you know, that's that's what I believe is, is the case, and a lot of people don't, but, you know, it's to each his own. But the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. It's like another book of scripture that we in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints study frequently. And it has you know, helped me to be grounded, um, to have kind of a, take a bigger perspective. You know, it's not about like I stub my toe and I can't think past it. Like if you think about questions of eternity at the same time, then you kind of understand your, uh, sometimes it helps put your problems in perspective. And, um, I think everybody who has some faith, that's probably one of the biggest values that that they have in it you know kind of helps you to think about the world in a different way and maybe freak out a little less about little things that that are coming your way absolutely well two two great things to take away from your mother well brian we are going to take a brief break to thank our amazing sponsors you are listening to business minds coffee chat don't you go anywhere we'll be right back There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves more than just average. It deserves Flagler Media. We specialize in innovative and dynamic marketing solutions tailored for mid-sized businesses with ambitious goals. Our team of experts are dedicated to helping you stand out from the crowd, drive growth, and elevate your brand. Ready to take your marketing to new heights? Choose Flagler Media, where we turn great ideas into remarkable results. Visit us at flaglermedia.com or call us at 386-227-6477. Flagler Media, exceptional marketing for exceptional business. This is Jay Shear. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur trying to figure out how to improve and achieve greater results? If so, I'm speaking to you. I provide the tools, coaching, and accountability you need to gain clarity around your personal and professional goals, remove the excuses holding you back, build the mindset, leadership skills, and proven strategies to grow your business and become the best version of yourself. To learn more or to apply for my coaching services, call 904-236-0431 or visit jshearbusinessconsulting.com. Music. 
All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I'm in the studio today with my very special guest, Brian McMillan, and we're having a fantastic conversation. We've been talking about a bit of Brian's backstory, uh, some lessons that he's learned from his mother, and we're going to continue this conversation going. So, so Brian, I know your your father, Dave, had a career as a business consultant. What lessons have you learned from him? What key lessons, if you were able to give maybe the top two or three lessons about life and business from your father? Well, one thing is I remember my dad coming home one day um, and he had just changed his jobs. Like he had, he had quit his job and become a consultant on his own. And he walked in the door and like, you know, lifted up his arms and he was like, I love my job. Just like that. And I guess, you know, the balance that you have to strike in life as a provider is doing the job because you have to do it and you have to make money and figuring out a way to love your job. Because loving your job is um, a major path to success, to, to happiness. And um, so that's something that I learned from him. Another thing I learned from him is there was one time, again, church has been a big part of my life. And I was at church one day and I was a teenager. And um, this woman who we knew was she lived a long ways away from the church and didn't have, didn't really have much money. And so he told me to go out to our van and get, you know, we used to have credit cards based on the gas station. I don't know if you ever did this, but, Yes, but he gave her one of the gas station cards. It's very kind of tender moment for, you know, tender memory to me. It always is. Because that kind of, um, it was such a generous act to me, even as a teenager. You know, I guess it was one of the first times that I think I saw um, my dad kind of, I, I recognize, you know, as, as a teenager, you sort of get to know your parents in a totally different way. Like, stop taking them so much for granted, for example. And, um, no, that, that was that was definitely a, formational formative moment for me to see that I recognize how, how uh, much trust that he was putting in this, this, this young, this mother, single mom um, to just hand her a a credit card basically. Um, But, you know, he's always, his attitude is like, don't lend someone, give, give it to someone. And I think that's just wise in general because it just causes it can cause a lot of you know regret and and uh, contention sometimes if you're when you're trying to get that payback and and whatever. So being willing to if you're going to give then give and and don't don't uh, don't expect the return. But that kind of uh, generosity is 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 hard and sometimes we're not in a position to do that. But we can always be generous in some way. Sometimes it's just a simple act or going out of your way to compliment people. I've noticed that you do that a lot. You, Jay, you, 
you kind of find ways to give compliments to people. I've noticed that, and I think that's a really great attribute. And um, it's an act of generosity. You know, it's it's, well, it's I, goodwill. It, it, it fosters other goodwill. It, it inspires exactly. other people to do the same. That's so. exactly right. So you know, as I think about this generous this generous gift that your father gave to this this young mother you know that has a ripple effect right mm-hmm. here you're talking about it right now and this isn't the only time that you've told this story no nope. so the more you tell these types of stories the more it creates an echo and i really do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats mm-hmm. so when we can set an example when we're speaking from the heart so giving a compliment as an example it's not just words it is the way that in my case it's the way that i feel about someone and i want to express that i didn't used to do that mm-hmm. on a regular basis now i look for the good and when you're looking for it you find it you do and that's the that's the difference so thank you for sharing that story and you mentioned something about striking a balance when you were talking about your father. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because I look at, at you today, you know, now you are a, you're a business owner and you have a family, you have a wife, you have responsibilities in the community. Talk about striking that balance. What does balance look like for Brian McMillan? Actually, I think, that word balance, although I just used it, is kind of a fallacy. I mean, when it comes down to it, the way to – if you're constantly trying to balance multiple things, then you might not really be doing any of them that well. And you really need to be completely committed to the thing that you're doing in the moment that you're doing it. And, and um, I mean, you have to plan your day. I guess that's really what the key is. Um, but if I'm going to be home from 6 to 8 p.m., then and that's all the time I'm going to have. Like in the mornings, I I'm home at seven. I, I teach a class in the morning, and then I come home at seven forty-five, and then I leave at eight thirty to bring my kids to the bus stop. And that time is really important to me because I'm helping my little kids get ready for school. I'm making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know. And if I'm work, if I'm worried about work in that moment, then I'm not really balanced. So you have to you have to be home when you're home and do the best that you can at work when you're at work. Absolutely. I, I look at that as being where your feet are, mm-hmm. being present mm-hmm. in the moment. And there's you know, there's a lot of talk around being present, but I think the way that I look at it is to your point, when you're there making the peanut butter and jelly sandwich having a conversation with your children, you want to be in that conversation. You want to be fully absorbed into that conversation. And if I'm thinking about a text message that I just received or something that I need to do when I get to the office, I've already pulled myself out of that situation and I can't be fully into it. And those text messages, they're important. I mean, they might be in some ways you might think this is making or breaking my business and I'm going to, if I don't respond to these people, then I won't be able to afford the peanut butter and jelly in the first place. So, you know, give me a break here. And that, that, that there's logic to that too. But, you know, the more that you can 
I think the gift of paying attention to somebody is another way of being generous and truly listening, you know, and, and a child needs that a lot. And, um, there's, there's no substitute for it. So for all of you that are listening right now and that are listening to Brian's voice and my voice, listening and paying attention is love. Mm -hmm. It just is. Mm -hmm. That is one of the best ways that we can show love to one another is to truly listen and listen to understand. That's powerful. So, Brian, you mentioned that you met your wife, Haley, in college. Mm -hmm. What was it about Haley that opened your eyes? What was it that attracted you to her back then. Well, Jay, I'm I'm just I'm a very shallow person. I mean, she's just she was very beautiful. So, of course, that was part of my, you know, attraction. Um, but here's another kind of little story that says something about her. So, I studied with her one time in this class. We took English 251 together. And we studied, we were in this group project or <clears throat> we had occasion to do something. I can't exactly remember what. But it turned out that she, we had the same homework and it was due in two days and she was done with the homework a day early. And I was just kind of like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You did your homework early? It it kind of boggled my mind because I'm like, that's just what, you know, if you're a student, then, you know, you got this much time and you kind of, whatever, I don't know. I didn't really, I guess, plan it out that much. Being done two days ahead, or being done in time for class, is all that really mattered, uh, I guess, when I would think about it. But the fact that she did her homework a day early made me think: okay, this is somebody who has it together and who cares, and is you know, you're if you're you're, and you know, I'm, that's the stage of life where I'm evaluating, you know, when it comes down to it, like, okay, I might like this person i want to go to a movie with this person but i'm also kind of like scoping it out like is this somebody who i would want to spend my whole life with sure and it's looking back on it you know i got married when i was 22 and she was 20 it's like man we really lucked out because things go so wrong so often you know when when you have these young relationships but it's worked out so well we have an incredibly happy passion compassionate passionate you know loving marriage and and um we work together in the business and it's been great not you know um it it is challenging sometimes you have to kind of remember to stop talking about work and start talking about other things and you know but that's it's it's been it's been a good thing for us together so far that's beautiful that's where boundaries become very important Mm -hmm. excellent Brian, what does success mean to you? If you were able to summarize success in 30 seconds or less, what does it mean to you? Um, I guess I would say, you know, finding contentment and peace, love, and joy. I mean, I think that you can have success in very humble circumstances. And um, a lot of success as far as the world is concerned about cars and houses and things it doesn't really mean you're that happy you know so i think that if you can find contentment um then you're 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 successful 
based on your definition, are you successful today? I think I'm still working on it. I think that I have some goals that frustrate me when I'm not done with them and I can't seem to get over the the hurdle. So maybe there's more to that definition that I need to keep thinking about. But um, finding a way to be be content despite not being done is, is, is difficult. I completely understand. Well, we can talk more about, about those goals offline. Sounds good. <laughs> so, Brian, I would love it if you would leave – all of us, including me, with a challenge. What would you challenge all of us to do? Uh, let's see. The challenge I would have is to, to, um, I guess it's along the same lines we've been talking about with paying attention. I mean, I think that um, love your neighbor. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways to love your neighbor, um, but there a lot of times it's so simple and it costs you absolutely nothing except you know a brief moment of your time but i think that that's a big part of what makes us happy is helping other people to be happy great that is a great challenge and thank you for sharing that with all of us and brian i want to thank you so very much for joining us today on business minds coffee chat i appreciate you. I appreciate your generosity in this community. I appreciate your talents and your gifts and your your continued effort to just keep raising the bar and giving of your best. And I'm grateful for you. So thank you. Thank you. You're a good interviewer, Jay. Well, thank you, Brian. <laughs> From one who would know. So thank you. I appreciate that. And for all of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat. We'll be back next Saturday morning at 830. And until then, keep learning and growing and keep doing the work to reach your potential. Take care, everybody.